everybody come on in welcome everybody we are live across multiple platforms on StreamYard. Such a cool, such a cool, cool uh, streaming service. Uh, welcome. Let's get started on this. Uh, I know I haven't, uh, <clears throat> just as we allow people to enter into the live stream here, I know that I've been away for a while. It's been exciting times at Sinclair Range where decided that we're going to raise a fund this year. And so I've been traveling quite a bit and getting organized on that. And we'll have more announcements, announcements for you as we go forward. It's going to be a long process. It's new to us, uh, but it's going to be exciting. I think we have a, a unique concept and an ability to generate some pretty exceptional returns. So it all looks uh, pretty good. And I'm back. I'm back at the um, home office in British Columbia, Canada. Uh, today, and um, and thought we'd get back on to the podcast here, and I think that's enough time. We've been a minute uh, 15 waiting for people to join the stream. So welcome, everybody, to the Winning Momentum Podcast, episode 225, if you can believe it. As you can see, we're trying to do a little bit of live podcasting rather than the pre-record, see how that goes, see if we have an audience that wants to participate in that, and I'm also playing with different times, uh, looking right now at Wednesdays midday and see if that's useful to people. Maybe we'll try Thursday afternoons if this isn't working, but we'll see. We'll see what the best time is uh, to get this done. So today, have you ever, let's talk about uh, tangible net worth. Have you, you ever been in a meeting with a banker? If you're a business owner, an entrepreneur, or man, entrepreneur, manager of a mid-market or smaller business, and you're sitting with your banker and they're throwing out terms that you, you kind of know, but you don't really know terms like uh, covenants, uh, dilution, things that, <clears throat> hey, welcome. Hey, welcome uh, for jumping. I learned about funds when I went to Ridger Pennington's Fund Launch Live three weeks ago. Cool. Cool. Well, I think ours is going to be good. Um, so you're talking with your banker and you're hearing terms that you don't really know. Uh, covenants, dilution, things like this, and and um, and you're talking about a deal, you're talking about a business valuation, and you don't have the lingo down. And every time the banker says something, you feel like you need to run to your lawyer or your accountant and get a definition and figure out exactly what that means. So you're at a disadvantage. And when I started doing the Winning Momentum podcast uh, and his predecessor, Martinez with Scott, you know, I, I struggled with focus, I felt, or at least, um, well, it was me. Other people didn't say I struggled with focus, but I felt like I was struggling with focus. You know, one day I'd be talking about leadership skills. One day I'd be talking about cash flow or restructuring. One day I'd be talking about personal development. And, you know, the goal, the goal of this podcast has always been to help business owners <clears throat> succeed. I've talked to you hundred times if you listen to this podcast about the failure rates in business. So there's in the U.S. about uh, 6 million new business applications uh, every year. It's a, it's a crazy number. And of those, 90% will never, ever, ever, ever pay their founder a living wage, right? And of the 10% that do, 80% of those will never create intergenerational wealth. In other words, you can sell your business, have enough money to retire, and and pass some wealth 
to to your kids or to their kids. So only two percent of businesses ever create that that financial reward, and the rest of them fail. And so when we started this podcast, when I started this podcast, one of my hopes was that we could change those stats a little bit by providing providing uh, leadership advice, providing per- personal development advice, providing technical skills. Um, because you know you can't, as you're trying to improve your business, you can't run out of money, um, and you need to be able to understand how to how to build wealth in a business, how to grow that business, and how to exit that business to realize on the wealth that you have created. And so, as a result, when you're running a podcast and you're trying to create content, you're kind of, I don't know if I'm doing leadership today or personal development today or technical skills today, but if I look back at the Winning Momentum podcast uh, past episodes, some of the most popular to my surprise and the most, um, what's the word that I would be looking for? Anyways, the the long lasting, the most relevant would be some of the technical ones. And one, for example, one of the most popular that I did in the past called a quick, uh, in the format of a quick shot, which was intended to be five minutes or less in a, um, uh, on the, um, on the Martinis with Scott program. And so it was on what is tangible net worth and why do we care? Tangible net worth and why do we care? So I thought I would update that for you today as we continue to work through the live streaming and, uh, and see how that works. And so that's what we're going to talk about. So tangible net worth, what is that? Tangible net worth is a financial metric that represents a company's or an individual. So it just have to be for company. could be your personal net worth, um, total net worth af- after excluding the value of intangible assets. So you have all of your assets less your intangible assets minus your debt equals your tangible net worth. What is an intangible asset? A tangible asset are things generally that you cannot touch or feel, non-physical assets. Uh, They would include things such as patents, copyrights, uh, trademarks, goodwill, customer lists. I had a a company I talked to the other day that will be looking for some liquidity. They're pre-revenue, science-driven. Their only asset is an intangible asset, which is a patent, right? And they would say that their people and their scientists and their know-how in their particular space would also be assets. Those would be non-balance sheet assets, but they're also intangible assets and they are transferable to somebody else, but you can't touch or feel them and they don't account as part of your tangible net worth, your TNW, okay? So that's what an intangible asset is. So to calculate tangible net worth, as I said, you start with all of your assets that you may have, um, and that would include cash, accounts receivable, inventory, manufacturing equipment, uh, real estate. Those would be examples of hard assets. And then all your intangible assets, so your patents, your copyrights, your trademarks, customer lists, all those sorts of things. And you just look to your balance sheet for those. And so you start with all of your assets. You deduct your intangible assets, as I already said. And then you deduct from that. So now you have your tangible assets only. You deduct from that your all of your liabilities. That's the net part of this. So assets, tangible assets minus liabilities equals your tangible net worth. Total assets minus intangible assets minus your liabilities in total 
equals your net tangible worth, okay, or your tangible net worth. So an example, you're going to the bank in your business and you want to borrow $2 million, let's say. You have a financial statement prepared by your accountant and it shows that you have assets of $10 million and liabilities of $4 million and therefore you have shareholders equity of $6 million, 10 million minus 4 million is $6 million of shareholders equity. But let's say, <clears throat> let's say for example, you have 6 million of your assets. So you have 10 million in assets, but 6 million of those is goodwill. It's an intangible asset. Why do you have goodwill? Well, because you bought a business, you bought a business and, and uh, you paid $6 million more than the tangible assets which is how the accounting works on that. And so you've created this balance sheet thing called goodwill. For accounting purposes, that's how you calculate that. And conceptually, you can think of goodwill as being a pool of assets, being able to earn an above economic return, an above average or above normal economic return. But for simplicity, you bought a business at a pool of assets, you bought the assets, plus you paid an extra $6 million. Well, that extra $6 million is goodwill. And the reason you paid $6 million more is because, well, there's cash flow coming out of that business, and that's what you valued. So you go to the bank, you got $10 million in assets, $6 million of that is goodwill, and you have $4 million in liabilities. Let's apply that to our formula, right? So tangible net worth is total assets, which is $10 million, minus intangible assets, which is $6 million. So now we're at four. And your debt is $4 million, so 4 minus 4 is 0. So your tangible net worth in that example is $0. Not the same at all as your shareholder's equity, which was $4 million, as you might recall in that example. So your tangible net worth is 0, and you're trying to borrow 2 from the bank, and you're bringing a total of 0 to the table from the bank's perspective, how does the bank feel about you now? You know, tangible net worth is what the bank is looking at because tangible net worth includes your hard assets like receivables, inventory, equipment, as I said before. You get in trouble, the bank can sell those things. They can't sell goodwill. Goodwill is just an accounting entry. It's intangible, no one's gonna buy it. You can't, you can't sell that. You can sell a cash flow stream, so that's an indirect way to get to the same deal. But receivables, inventory, equipment are hard assets. And so in this example, this hypothetical example, we've come up with zero tangible net worth and the bank's not going to look at you very favorably. Okay, so that's, that's what tangible net worth is. Now, why is that important? It's used for a number of purposes, particularly in financing, um, business valuation, uh, finance contracts, legal contracts, okay? It's a financial metric, as I said at the beginning, that lenders and lawyers and business valuators uh, look at. And from a lender's perspective, a lender's going to look at you when you try to borrow that $2 million. And they're going to say, well, if we're going to put in $2 million, you should be putting in $2 million. And what does put in $2 million means? It means tangible net worth most of the time. Now, that's not a hard ratio, one-to-one, -one, but it's indicative and it's often a one-to-one, -one, and it's often tied to tangible net worth. So before you even go to the bank, you should be mindful of your tangible net worth because it's probably a question that is going to be asked of you. It's used in things like financial covenants. 
What is a financial covenant? A covenant when you have a loan agreement or any other agreement, by the way, but relevant in a loan agreement right now, a covenant is like a promise. It's like a promise. And you often in lending agreements, the borrower promises or covenants over time to maintain a minimum tangible net worth or a ratio, a tangible net worth ratio of some sort, like a debt to equity or debt to T&W ratio. And so it's used as a covenant. And if you don't know how to track your tangible net worth, well, you might get in trouble with that covenant. It's used in business valuation. Okay. And I'm a I am personally a trained business valuator from way back when. And tangible net worth is an essential component of business valuation and various business valuation methodologies. It helps to determine the value of a company by focusing on what are easily liquidatable uh, assets, which is, excludes the intangible assets, uh, which are harder to monetize, as I said before. And so you say you have... Uh, let me just give you an example on the business valuation side, by the way. So you have two businesses, all right? Two businesses, and they each generate – now, you're the buyer on this. And you see two businesses. You want to get into this industry. You're trying to buy. And you see two businesses, and both of those businesses spit out $2 million in free cash every year, okay? Company A, company B. And if you buy them, they both are going to generate uh, $2 million in free cash, uh, but business A has a tangible net worth of $4 million, and business B has a tangible net worth of $0 because they had sucked all the cash out before they sold it to you. Okay, they, they levered up their balance sheet, they took the cash, and they sucked it out of the business. And so you're buying business B with zero tangible net worth. You're buying business A with $4 million in tangible net worth, and they have the exact same cash flow. Which business do you want to buy? Obviously, obviously you want to buy business A because it has a higher tangible net worth. Tangible net worth is a incremental, that's not what I'm trying to say. It is an important part, a very important part of business valuation, okay? So that's what tangible net worth is. That's why it's important. Here are some things that you could look out for to improve your tangible net worth, to normalize your tangible net worth. And two big ones would be um, assets that are undervalued on your balance sheet and shareholder loans, okay? And these are really, really important. And if you're negotiating with a bank or you're talking to a bank, you need to understand that up front because you can't change the game halfway through your loan agreement, okay? So... Let's talk about normalization. Let's go back to the example that we had where we had assets of 10 million, but 6 million of those are intangible assets. Um, and therefore, your tangible assets are 4 million. And you had liabilities of 4 million, and therefore, a net tangible uh, worth or tangible net worth of $0. Well, what if part of your hard assets, remember, we had 10 million minus 6 is 4 million in hard assets. What if a million of that on your balance sheet was real estate? Okay, so you had some receivables, you had some inventory, but a million dollars on your balance sheet is relates to a piece of real estate. One dollar of NOI equals how much in business valuation? Do you mean tangible net worth? What do you mean by NOI when you ask me that question? Uh, maybe be more specific, and I'll I'll try to I'll try to get to that. 
I think I think you mean TNW, not NOI. Um, so you have this piece of real estate for a million dollars, but f- don't forget when you when you have a financial statement, that's not the market value of an asset. It is the it's the book value, the historical depreciated book value of an asset. Right? You buy a a, a machine for a million dollars and then next year you depreciate it. Maybe it goes down 20%. Now it's worth 800,000 on your balance sheet. And the next year it's worth, you know, somewhere over 600,000 on your balance sheet. Well, real estate, as we know, often goes up over time. So you have a, I don't know, a factory with a million dollars of book value in the real estate. But what if the fair market value of that real estate is really $3 million? Um, that is, that is a reasonable normalization to your tangible net worth. I had zero tangible net worth in this hypothetical uh, business, but I have a piece of real estate that's uh, $1 million on my balance sheet that's really worth $3 million, and I have an appraisal to prove it, Mr. Bank or Ms. Bank. And so, therefore, you could do this normalization to your tangible net worth calculation, and all of a sudden, you have tangible net worth of $2 million. Okay, I'm going to come back to your question in a moment, if you don't mind. And so there's a normalization. Always look at the fair market value of assets, particularly real estate, because often on the on the accounting balance sheet, they are understated and you have hidden tangible net worth um, that you can go to your bank and say, hey, here's the appraisal that backs that up. So we ought to be adjusting for that. Similarly, but on the other side of the balance sheet, on the credit side, shareholders loans, okay? So what we have to do is, oh, we're short payroll this week. We put money into our business and and it carries on the balance sheet due to shareholder is what the accountants uh, say to that. You know, I've had a um, I've had a business in the last year that's taken a lot of my money out. We have a $5 million invested in a company. All of it is shareholders loans. Now we have a negative shareholders equity because the company has been losing money and we bought a troubled business. <clears throat> but the shareholder's loan, you could agree as a lender. Don't forget when you are lending to your business as a shareholder, you are also a lender to that business. And what you can do is you can you can postpone to the bank. You can agree to subordinate to the bank. And postpone means I won't take any money out of this until you get paid back, okay, um, in whole. I won't take any money at all. Or I'll take a little bit of money that we agree to over time. Okay, but but you come out first, Ms. Banker, before I come out of this deal. And therefore, my loan is sort of like equity, and therefore, it's not like debt, and therefore, it's not deducted for tangible net worth purposes. That's an argument that you can win. It is an argument that is fair, right? And so similar to the real estate example, you can normalize your tangible net worth through shareholders' loans, and that's a proper thing to do. And often we forget about it. And you know, rarely will a lender do that for you. <laughs> They're not going to say, "Oh, well, there's your shareholders' loans, and I'm going to count for that as tangible net worth." That's not going to happen. You have to be aware enough to argue that yourself. So there's two. There is two normalizations of tangible net worth that could be really useful for you and uh, better your discussions and your negotiations uh, with your lender. Okay, I got a couple of questions in here that I want to look at and see if I understand. So the question is $1 of 
than income. I, I guess that is the question. Um, what is that worth? Okay, well, that's a so if you have a million dollars of free cash year over year over year, um, what is that worth? Well, you would, in business valuation terms, apply a multiple to that. Okay, and the multiple depends on the industry. It depends on, and as a business valuator, you, you would look for comparable exits and see what people pay. You would look for public company comparables. Okay, um, and then you would, you would, um, it's really, really influenced by growth rates. Okay, because a million dollars every year into infinity is different from a million dollars growing at 10% a year into infinity. Really different. It's the difference between, I'm going to make up numbers, but like a four times and seven times multiple. It has a huge difference on cash. So um, growth is important, sustainable growth forever. Um, but remember, business, business, the, the value of anything is is the future cash flow. It has nothing to do with the history. It, it is the value of future cash in your pocket discounted for time and discounted for risk. Okay, so the smaller the business, the more risk. The less history of the business, the more risk. Um, uh, the worse the economy, the more risk. As interest rates go up, we have a bunch of inflation that lowers business valuation. But at the end of the day, like I can't give you a hard number on a dollar of net income today and what that might be worth. But at the end of the day, you're going to end up with multiples of the four or five range for a small business of uh, EBITDA. And your EBITDA is probably really similar to your net income as adjusted for capital reinvestments to sustain that profit. So it's um, I would have to have more specifics to give you a real number, but that's the way to think about it. Okay, that's the way to think about it. And then it says um, tax deferred. I'm not sure what that means exactly, but I will say this again: value is the future money that you can put in your pocket, discounted for risk and discounted for time. The fact that you put that into your pocket means that you already paid the tax. Okay, so if the tax is, if the tax is today, that's different from having to pay the tax ten years from now or five years from now. All right, so tax impacts business valuation for sure because it impact it impacts the cash that goes into your pocket and when. I hope that answers your question. Anything else before we sign off for today? I'd like to see. Um, I know that a lot of you will listen to this later. I'd like to see if you like this. It is is the live version of the Winning Momentum podcast uh, a cool idea, the way to go? We're just trying it out, but um, I, I love the energy of it. And if you would rather a different time, if you're, hey, like Tuesday mornings are better or Thursdays at 4 p.m. and we can all have a drink together, I'm, I'm good with all that too. I'm good with that too. So please give some feedback. Uh, if you listen live, thank you for listening. Uh, love the questions coming in, and we'll talk to you next week.